Welcome to the Signal Line Remote Viewing Podcast, a podcast owned and run by Daz Smith from RemoteViewed.com, the resource for everything remote viewing. This podcast is dedicated to sharing remote viewing related interviews, views, news, resources, and much more. Hi, I'm Daz Smith, and welcome to the Signal Line. Today's podcast is a community remote viewing discussion with psychic Paula Roberts. Paula Roberts is known as the English Psychic. She's a clairvoyant, medium, psychic, and remote viewer. She has an international client list and was also a very close friend to the late Ingo Swan. Paula is also an author with a passion for ghost hunting, and her book, Unlocking the Secrets Hidden in Your Handwriting, was available on Amazon.com, but is now currently out of print. I hope you enjoy our chat as much as we all enjoyed discussing these topics with the amazing Paula Roberts. Yes, yeah, so welcome, Paula, and thanks, thanks for agreeing to do this community chat with us. Um, I, know your, I know it's your first time doing one of these community chats, so it's, it's awesome. Thank you for that. Um, most of you guys have known that I've done two interviews with Paula before, and they're both available on YouTube, and they're all available on my Signal Line uh, broadcast as well. So have a look at those. Um, Paula's known as uh, her title is pretty much the Paula Roberts, the English psychic, living in New York now. Uh, she was a longtime friend of Ingo Swans, which is where I essentially got to know who Paula was because someone told me, uh, I think it was Ellie actually, introduced mm. me and Paula together because she knew I was doing lots of research on Ingo. Uh, and Paula's done some amazing projects. Uh, we discussed some of those on my previous uh, interviews with her. And we're, we'll probably go through some of them again now. Paula was introducing me before you guys arrived to some paperwork she's got around her, which is pretty awesome work. Um, so yeah, let's take it take it away from there, really. Uh, again, thank you, Paula, for taking the time out for us all. My pleasure. We're, all we're all itching with some questions, and Dimi's had her hand up first, so let's go with Dimi. Hi, Dimi. Hi, Paula. Nice, very nice to see you. I really liked the first interview, and I succeeded today to watch the second one, which oh, I really you. liked thank you. also. So um, from the part two, I have... Um, I have more questions, but I will resume for now at two, if it's okay. Um, so my first one, it's coming from uh, your your second interview. So at some point you have uh, in the last chat with us in that interview that you were trying some somewhere back time to see uh, about your about uh, one of your previous life. And you mentioned you have been in a cave in a foreign world with a lot of sparkles. You started to see things, when, but then at some point uh, everything stopped. And you also mentioned that you weren't supposed to know more about it. So my first question related to that is what's your take on that taboo thing? And is it something wrong to force it? Thank you. Uh, they, that's interesting because I can't actually remember saying that, but I'm, I'm sure your memory is, you know, when you're chatting yourself, you don't know. Um, I think I was breaking past lives into two, two areas. One, the sort of normal human lives going back. But then the other thing is coming from a different place. Um, so people said, how can they be, you know, one or the other? And I said, well, I didn't say which time frame they belong to, so never mind. Um, but I'm not sure that I said, 
I don't recall saying that I wasn't sure why I wasn't allowed to know more because um, the aspect of coming from that different place with all the sparkles and whatever, um, that was all the information I had from there. So um, I don't know that I can add any more to that. So do you think there is a taboo uh, to certain information, to certain data that you, you're not supposed to, to find oh, out about? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> that brings a, a very much in a very interesting question because if something's taboo, that presumes there's some sort of governing body, shall we say, uh, restricting that. And that's a whole different kettle of fish as to whether there's some sort of restrict because if one says it's restricted, that means there's some governing body person, who knows what, um, allowing or not allowing. And that's a whole different belief system, which I personally don't have. Is that clear? Yes, is it clear? But I thought that it was some blockage from the other world, let's say. Uh, uh, no, no, not, not as I see it, no, no. Okay. Okay, thank you, you very much. Question. You had another yes. question, you said, yes. Yes, yes, I have another question. But I was familiar with medium since childhood. I, I heard about Edison Dubois. I saw her mediumship, the medium, the TV series. So uh, this person visited Edison Dubois and so on, asking for help. So my question for you is, uh, has it ever happened to you, uh, like during a gathering or sudden uh, a particular spirit or an entity started to draw your attention and did you feel the need to investigate further oh let me tell you a funny story i'm full of funny stories <clears throat> um long time ago i was just doing my regular psychic readings for clients and then suddenly if i'm going to see something i see them sort of in my mind's eye but out there and i got a very 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 detailed impression of a man and he was, he was Scottish, and he was sitting with her on a hill, and I knew exactly what he was wearing and what they were looking at and everything else, very detailed. And the woman said, oh, well, that's my person, I'm not interested in that. I talked to them, and I'm thinking, okay, well, that's rather a shame because he's gone to such trouble to come through. Um, not everybody is interested. Um, clients, which is fine, <clears throat> and that's my work, tend to be interested in their here and now and the immediate. And sometimes spirit does pop in. And um, I haven't seen generally, there's been a lot of interest in welcoming them, if that answers your question. So yes, but. <laughs> okay, thank you. I will pop uh, later, maybe if it's, it's appropriate. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Uh, just to reiterate for the people that just joined us, um we're using the hand up system uh using the reactions button if you want to ask a question and feel free to put your hand up for that or if you want to type a question into the chat window as well uh we can do it that way um uh, paula before we go uh to someone else for any questions um just in case some people didn't see the first interviews um how did you learn that you were an intuitive because for me i started when i was like I knew from the age of like 10 onwards. So I start very early, but I think it was a bit later for you, wasn't it? Like well, there were two things. There were two things. I mean, I knew since I was a very, very tiny child, I mean, three, four years old, who knows? Um, two things. I knew that we were completely surrounded by 
I didn't know what they were, but spirit. I mean, I understood them to be spirit, but I wasn't talking about this, but I understood that. And that wherever you are, you're like a sardine in a tin. And I knew that from very, and I also knew from a tiny child that I drowned. I mean, I knew that. You, you just know these things. But then life, regular life, and then my actual opening into mediumship, I'll make this as quick as possible, is that I was living in London in Chelsea, and I had a roommate who was addicted to readings. I'll try to make this very fast. Um, and one Saturday, nobody else in the apartment, flat, and she said if I could come down and sort of, okay, so I went downstairs, <clears throat> and she had letters of the alphabet, and a glass up, turned upside down on a table. So she said to me, well, you put your hand on this and it speaks to you. And I thought, she did have a drinking problem. <laughs> to say that and I thought, it was early in the day, but never mind. Okay, so being polite, put my hand on, nothing happened. She said, we're in the wrong table because I go to the kitchen. Now the kitchen had a formica table. And by that time I'd absolutely had enough, but I'd been polite, so I thought, she said, you ask if anybody's there. So feeling incredibly foolish, I said, well, is anybody there? And it spelled out, because we've had our <clears throat> fingers on this last, it spelled out Clive. And I thought, mm, okay. I knew somebody called Clive who was killed in a plane crash a couple of months before, but I may have mentioned it. So I thought, okay, I know what we do. I will ask what his wife's name was. And it spelled out Penelope. Now, I was not pushing this. And she didn't know what this was spelled. But from then on, I can only say there was a feeling of warmth. And she kept saying, you've got the gift, you've got the gift. And we spoke all afternoon on that. And then I went off to the, I lived around the corner of the Spiritualist Association of Great Britain, went there. And again, I'll try to keep this very, very short. Um, because I've never been taught to do anything. And we were given a little um, exercise about six of us, and we put in bits of jewelry into a tray. Now, I knew nothing about the field, nothing. So after a couple of minutes, he said, well, you know, what does anybody see? And went around to the left-hand side, and people said, well, sort of tinkly music and stars, and okay, if I came to me, I said, oh, well, I've got this man, he's rather bent over, I've got a pain down my left, um, my left arm, he, he's in a terrace house, row house, with a green door, and he snatched it from me, and said, oh, well, that's my uncle, uh, my grandfather, Joe, whatever, and he turned his back to me, which was very hard, because it was a tiny room, and said to everybody, very good, and I thought, there's something wrong with that picture, so that was my sort of opening, if you like, first of all, to the, um, uh, lack of camaraderie, shall we say, in the field, but also that I was already a fully trained, a fully fledged, I wasn't trained medium. Yeah. So that that's as quickly as I can, that was the brief beginning of my knowing who I was. Excellent, excellent. Mm. And, and uh, while you were in the UK, uh, did you take any formal training or? No, no, no. no. Um, I think that's one of the first thing I said in, in our first interview. Um, I have never been trained to do anything. Like the first ghost hunt I went, I did here. Um, some parapsychologist called me. I had no idea where I met her from. Dr. Michael Mayer said, well, are you free to, I don't know how she put it. She certainly didn't say going on a ghost hunt to do some sort of exercise on Tuesday and she said have your overnight bag ready go to Penn Station and you'll be met anyway long story short we went out to the middle of the country the group of us and it was the general Wayne Inn and we all went through this house oh let me go back there's a lot of history about that place which I knew nothing about so what D Dr. Mayer did 
she always does a complete blueprint of floor plan. And then when that place is completely empty, you go in with a blind assistant. Now blind, by blind, I mean somebody who knows nothing. So you're not picking up any cues about them sort of being jittery in a certain room. And I went round and round and one of the rooms that went down to a cellar, an earthen cellar, and I got two steps down. I thought, oh, that's interesting. I can see a soldier. He's very, very frightened. He's hiding out. He's been sort of left behind. Any case, fast forward, next day, everybody compared notes. The soldier was the person most seen over hundreds of years in that same place. And actually it's on Unsolved Mysteries, um, series one, chapter seven, I think. Now, to go back to whether I've been taught, I didn't know anything about anything. I just went out and she said, well, you just walk around. And so um, that's why when people ask me to teach, I, I said, I, I can't teach anybody because whatever I've done, and I'll tell you about the remote viewing with Inga, I, I've been just able to do. Yeah, excellent. Well, you mentioned it, so, uh, and I know people are keen to hear about it. So let's, let's you know, before we take more questions and stuff, let's uh, let's talk about your your well, your experience with Ingo and your work with Ingo. I mean, there's two different sides to it, really, isn't it? You did some work with him, and there was a lot of personal uh, life with him as well that you, you spent a number well, of the years. Two thi- the two things were sort of um, together. I met Ingo in January of 96, and um, I've got dope notes and dates here, never mind. Um, and we were friends. Oh, no, no, I'm forgetting something. Back to Dr. Michaeline Mayer. She rang me up and said, you know, come down, I want you to meet somebody. So we toddled down um, to Ingo's face. I didn't know who Ingo was. We were sitting around. I don't drink. This is relevant. But everybody was having a glass of champagne. So I had a glass of champagne. Then it became obvious they wanted me to walk through one of the floors. Ingo lived in, um, it was a converted industrial space. Each floor was rented out. But there was one floor, I didn't know, completely empty. And he wanted me to sort of see what I could see. And I walked around and in the top left-hand corner, I, there was music, very, very loud music. Um, I'll explain afterwards how I see that. And somebody had died in the bathroom. Well, it turned out that where I saw, heard, experienced music, one of his tenants has had a jukebox there. So um, I got in this moves into something Daz said, I mean, I earned my place at the table right there, but we became friends. I mean, I spent time with his family, I spent time with my family. We were essentially friends. He called me his girlfriend. I mean, he's okay, an honorary title, you must understand. But when I did projects with him, it wasn't anything formal. He didn't say, I mean, I've got an idea of what remote viewing was. He taught people, but that wasn't what we were. We were friends. And then like one day he said, you know, want to go to the moon and I'm off to the moon. There's more to the story. But that basically is, it wasn't that I worked with Ingo, but I tell you, the more I think about it looking back, Ingo saw something in me that he didn't tell me and I didn't know which was probably just as well, because then I'd, I'd have sort of, I don't know, uh, preconceived ideas. So I didn't know how, should we say, well I was doing until later. He knew, but I didn't. So when we say I was friend and I worked, um, I wouldn't exactly say I worked, although I did some projects, yes. Yes, yes. And um, 
couple of the projects you did uh not working let's say with with ingo yes um the famous one of course is uh you did uh some work on a visit to the moon um which is in ingo's book penetration which you also have a signed copy of from from ingo yourself as well um and we discussed that in a previous interview um, well, I've got if, something to say about that, if I may. Yeah, yeah, if you can share some information on that. Okay, that's so um, looking back, now I know, okay, let's go back to the actual session. I mean, we were just sitting there, as we often did. I used to watch him paint. I don't know whether you're familiar with his artwork. It's, it's yeah. amazing. Because one day, as far as I was concerned, he sat there and said, would you want to go to the moon? And I was straight off to the moon. I mean, instantly. And he said to me something like, can you see some sort of opening? I said, well, yes, okay. So can you go in? Went in. Um, oh, this is a very important point as well. Um, operating between the left and the right-hand brain. When you're in both of those, it's very, very difficult to talk. That I remember. I knew exactly what I was seeing, but he was trying to get me to talk about what I was seeing, and that was very difficult but I could see it was sort of hollow and there were a lot of beings running around doing whatever it is. Then after whatever period of time, I sort of said to Inga, um, they're aware I'm here and they're, they're not very happy about it. He said, I think you better come back. And I was back. Now, I have read things recently and I realized basically what I was seeing, people, including Ingo, had seen a lot before. But I stress, and I know that I'm a very honest person, I didn't know anything about that. I mean, if you told me the week before that the moon was hollow and it was full of aliens, whatever, I'd have thought you were well, start reading that, actually. But um, so my work is very, it's, it's like with my clients. I always say to clients when they call me, don't tell me anything. I, I, I want to know nothing. I've got to operate knowing nothing. But now recently, I know that Ingo sent that work off to who knows who, who knows where. And I have been trying to track down his notes because obviously there were notes or tapes or anything. And I can't find anybody who's got them, but they do exist. Who knows where? Yeah, I, I do know that um, for some of the moon work um, that, that they did, I'm not sure if it was yours or not, but I do know that some of it was, um, was taken by uh, Bob Durant. And I yeah. also know that Another batch of work was taken by Richard Richard Butler as well. Some of the Moon projects because because he was the he was the client that Ingo did some of the work for. Yeah, well, I have I've been in touch with Rich and Tom Bergen, and they both say they've got absolutely nothing at all. And I'm waiting for um, Bob's friend um, Paul Smith to get back to me. He's my last one. He's got I think some of the papers of, of Bob. And I'm waiting to hear because I would now really love to know what was said. Yes, yeah. I don't there, know. There is another source as well. Uh, I do know that I think Paul only has half of Bob's work. I mm. spoke. I'll have to look in my files for it. But I spoke to a guy about a year ago. He oh. has the other half of Bob's files. Oh, then if you could send me afterwards, because I said, I mean, yeah. for my own edification if you like i'd really really like to know what because yes. his book was a year after my trip yes yeah and a lot of what he saw before and in penetration is exactly what i saw but i didn't know yes on the on the topic of the ingo uh work as well mm -hmm. uh as you know and some of the other people here who uh 
or up on the stuff that I publish. I, I recently in November of, of last year published my latest eight martinis magazine, which had a lot more of Ingo's work in it, which was a, a big project or series of projects he did um, looking at the pyramids in Giza and the Sphinx. And you were also involved in uh, the Sphinx Giza oh, yeah. project he did as well. I, I was, and that was very, now that, um, that was very different. Um, how I got, never mind. So one afternoon, same sort of thing, you know, want to do a sort of project or whatever he said. <clears throat> and I suppose he gave me, gave me coordinates and I, I immediately saw sand. And he said something like, well, that's possible. I went into the first chamber. I went to the second chamber. I looked around. I saw, I was way to the races. I saw a tremendous amount. Now, afterwards, I got um, a report. I didn't know because I never knew it. There were five of us doing it at exactly the same time, obviously in different locations. Mm. And on the back of the report, it said who got what. And it basically said nobody got anything very different, but there was one person who got a great deal more than anybody else. And I also did a lot of sketches. Now, I read afterwards some of Ingo's work from way before about the sarcophagi and the... And it was exactly what Ingo had seen and a lot of other people, but I didn't know that. And I was I was walking around. I can only describe it. Um, I'm sure, sure as remote viewers, you're probably familiar with this, but I'm not. It was as if I'm there. I'm looking around. I'm looking at the sarcophagus. I'm looking to see what they're wearing. I'm seeing what color. Um, it's like it's being there. Yeah. And I, I and I got I got it all. I've only seen I've only seen a, almost like an interim report of that. Um, I wonder what happened to your sketches on that on that because oh, they're I've not in English. I've got my sketches. Oh, you've got your sketches. You? I've got them. Oh yes, I've got are them. Are they are they at the University of West Georgia as well? Uh, I'm sure they are. Yes, yes, I'm sure they are. They would be. Yes, 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 yes. So another note for the guys here that haven't heard this in the previous interviews. Um, several uh, famous and well known. Um, intuitive people and psychics are now putting all their archive material in the university of west georgia ingo swan's one of them and more recently paula has been sending her documentation uh and media to the university of west georgia as well to be kept in, a, in an archive format and at some point you'll be able to go there and have a look at all the files yourself or they may even be online. they're online they're online they're online and adding to them but they are online yes excellent excellent so that's a, that's a fantastic resource, and it's a, it's a, it's an honour as well, isn't it, to be included in an archive like that? Oh, it, it it it's. I mean, I still quite can't get my head around it. I mean, the first time I told my niece in England about it, she said, "Oh, you've got a legacy. Long after you've you've died, people will be studying you." And you know, that's such a bizarre thing. But I mean, being in New York, I live in a fairly small apartment, where it's large by New York standards. I had ninety pounds of material. I kept all my TV, my radio, every, everything, and it's all gone down there. There's still a lot of stuff here. Excellent. So there's lot. So I guess there's lots of uh, what we call media that could be digitized. You know, in 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 audio yes. and video as well. Yes. 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 Excellent. Yes. Oh, it'd be great to see some of that because I haven't seen any any of that. That oh, that would okay. be awesome to see at some point. But should should we? Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I could. I could. I can chat. I could talk for six hours, but um, um, perhaps people have got questions. Um, 
yeah and do any of you guys out there uh want to ask a question because none of you have been putting your hand up at the moment i think that, uh, oh, go on, put your hand up you yeah go, go ahead go ahead go josh on, on. all right first, first off uh yeah. thank you for coming can you hear me i'm messing up with uh audio while driving yeah we can hear you thanks okay uh one second i yeah don't crash <laughs> yeah I, my, my wife was calling right then because, of course, you know, uh, my, my question is, is uh, with regards to your classical psychic work. Uh, earlier, you were talking with Dimi, you, you mentioned uh, you don't believe the universe works with like a certain arbitrating force. To, I'm curious, uh, do you have any established uh, belief on how your abilities work? Or? No, no, no. No, I do not. I just know that for whatever reason, well, two things, two things. It's an interesting question. Two things. Um, I've been, let's talk generically, given these gifts, but also I accepted them and I worked with them and I embraced them. Um, how and what gave them to me, I, I, I don't know. And I'm not even as, because I don't know. But I'm very aware around here, my apartment, um, they remind me of things. I was looking for something the other day, a, a cable extension that I, I really, really needed. I turned the place upside down. I couldn't find it anywhere. Next morning I get up and it's right on the table right in front of me and I know it wasn't there. So to me, that tells me that they, my people, whatever, I don't call them guys, never mind, are there with me. Um, higher forces, should we say i don't know actually i tell you to be absolutely truthful i'm not actually interested <laughs> that might sound strange but i'm not i just accept and i'm turn my life over to work with whatever it is, is i've got um how and why i think i'll know the time i the day i go and join them but um right now i'm doing my best with what i've got if that answers your question <laughs> Thank you. And I'm, I'm also curious, uh, do you mainly do psychic mediumship or do you do any other sort of uh, occult like ritual magic or something? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm very iconoclastic. No, no, no. Um, I don't do anything. I mean, when I go to my ghost hunt, I don't fast. I don't burn sage. I don't do chant. I don't do anything absolutely nothing nothing which i think um is part of the um how should we say reason i was given what i was given because if you met me in passing and you didn't know what i, I seem to be a perfectly normal regular ordinary person but the fact that i'm not is a different matter but i don't do any sort of ritual absolutely none at all i don't do any preparation uh, no nothing I do, whenever it is I do, I just do. Does that answer your question? Is, is that clear? Am I making myself clear? It, it absolutely does. Thank you for your time. Now I have to see to my wife. Thank <laughs> you. Thanks, Josh. Uh, okay, Don, your hand's up next, if you'd like to go next. Oh, okay, hi, Paula. I uh, missed the be. Yeah, I missed the beginning, um, but I understand you're uh, a psychic medium and uh, you channel spirits. So um, the question that I always like bang around in my head is, are you 
contacting the actual person or <laughs> the memory of the person in the environment that might be lingering. So let me just explain. Um, rooms can have a memory, I think, you know, especially of traumatic events. And it, 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 yeah, it imprints, it imprints the experience in the, in the materials and, um, yes, psychics can, can pick up on this, uh, they form visuals, all of that. Um, but then you're contacting individual people that maybe even speak to you, right? Occasionally, yes. Okay, so I guess what I'm looking for here is, have you had an experience which indicates, at least in your mind, that you're contacting the authentic individual as opposed to some shadowy memory that lingers? Oh, okay, actually, that's a very, 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 very big question because let's go back. Um, spirit and ghost is a sort of generic word meaning many, many, many different things. Now, I, 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 I try to explain to some of my clients who um, lost people recently that, as I, as I understand, I'm telling you entirely my belief system, I don't like to go, never mind, um, is that when somebody passes, they're away, they've gone, but whatever might come back to make a connection is a teeny little tiny part of the essence of the memory of that person in a way that we could recognize that person is it the whole person oh no 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 um is that clear i know it's a bit strange but it's yeah no that makes sense to me yep, yeah, it, yep, it, yep. It's, it's um it's not people like to believe fine that um their grandmother or whoever else is keeping an eye on them and they've got this impression that you know grandma is totally with them, directing them, whatever. <clears throat> and um, as I see it, you know, grandma's gone away. She's got a lot of other things, but a little part of what you recognize as grandma might be around, which may or may not have anything to do with grandma's you. It's a very strange question. Um, I'm rambling, but I hope I made myself clear. I, I think so. And I have, um, let's see, one other question, if I may. Um, I've also dabbled a little bit with spirit channeling in trying to reach, you know, my deceased parents and relatives and so on. And it's interesting that, you know, in the beginning, I was able to get a fairly clear perception of my mom, who uh, seemed to have difficulty finding words to say, and um, seemed oh, anxious, seemed anxious to pass me off to another relative who was far more chatty but then like years later it was like it can may interrupt, may she, interrupt. yeah it was like she was gone a little bit it was like she it was would be gone um I, I people tell me stories <clears throat> that perhaps they went to some very very well-known medium paid lots lots of money had a, an appointment six months 12 months in advance and they didn't get to talk to their mother, their aunt, whatever. People misunderstand that. Um, people seem to think that in some way it's um, it's like a telephone call. You can right. just dial up who you can. You cannot. It doesn't work that way. You, they have to want to. I'll give you an example. Um, where, where do you live? And this is relevant. 
Uh, East Coast, United States. Okay, same as me. I'm in New York. Okay. Um, I used to go to the Spiritualist Church in London, and it was incredibly sad. I'll tell you why. Sometimes it was wonderful, because people would turn up, spiritualists, perhaps their spouse had been there for years, and they'd go week after week after week, and quite distressed that the spouse has not come back to communicate um and it's a misunderstanding it isn't like that it isn't like that at all they may or they may not but um i hear your question you were trying to contact a specific person um do the have you tried to contact a specific person over a long stretch of time and i guess have you noticed I, I don't try to because I, I i know how it works i know that they are in touch with me my mother and my brother <clears throat> who, who my mother was not a believer but that's a funny story um i know that they make themselves known to me occasionally but it's not because i ask for them they pop up and make something known to me it's not a question of the person asking for a specific somebody, uh, my long experience, it doesn't really work that way. So no, I think that's I, good I, enough. I, I, yeah. I don't go out and ask. They do something that makes me think, okay, hello. Got it. All right. Thank you very much. My great pleasure. Thanks, Don. Thanks for asking those. Uh, Henny, you had your hand up for a while if you'd like to go next. Oh, yeah. I, I will tie up. I remember part of what you said in the beginning but now that Don talked about it it's going to tie to uh, some of the questions that Don asked mm -hmm. so I would have two questions but they are very related one would be you said in the beginning that sometimes spirit has to go through a lot of well I think you used the word trouble to come through um Oh yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. that really caught my attention because I don't know why, but that seems to be something I'm interested in. Uh, mm -hmm. Like, what is the type of difficulty that they have to go through? To, oh, well, we, we, just, well, we cannot possibly imagine that because we're still alive. So, what difficulty they might have to come through, um, we can't understand because we're not yet dead. At least I think we're all alive, aren't we? Still. So, so it's, it's basically an interface type of problem. Like, like, like the Scottish man. I mean, I felt sorry for him because, I mean, he came through with such clarity. He showed me what he was wearing, where they were looking. I mean, everything. And she wasn't remotely interested. So um, and, and what I'm saying is, I mean, I felt sorry for whatever part of the essence of that husband to come through. It bothered to come through and she <laughs> couldn't have cared less. And the second, uh, the second question is, uh, you said that if the other side is not interested or doesn't have some kind of motivation to, to make the con contact back, then they won't. Uh, so no, 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 sorry, no, I'm not making that clear. Um, it's not a question of, you see, we, we, while we're in this realm, can't really know what they think or hope or believe because those are questions that belong to us the living we don't know really how they operate uh -huh. so um and after all as i see it we're here to muddle along and 
get along as best we can. And it's not a question of them being able to direct us, otherwise there'd be no point in living. I mean, we, we've got to sort of muddle through ourselves. But um, do they sometimes put in an appearance to, well, certainly do to me, I can't speak to everybody. Yes, but it's not something, uh, let me be, I'm not asking them. But I'll tell you a little story. The, um, in December, I had a very, very vivid dream, extremely vivid, of somebody, gentleman friend, from a long time ago. Um, and in the morning, I thought, because he, he would be elderly, I thought, I think he died. And I'm still going to find out because he doesn't, he doesn't live anywhere near, he lives in, in Europe. And I'm going to, so I have got to, but as far as I'm concerned, I think he died. But I shall find that out. But if that's true, it's because he was saying goodbye. It's not that I was thinking, I wonder how he is. I haven't spoken to him for many years. Um, if it's true, and I strongly feel it is, but I should check, he came to say goodbye. But it's not that I asked him because I didn't know where he was. Yeah, yeah, but I think, I think, let me be very clear. Um, my understanding is it's no good at all asking a specific person to, to come along. It doesn't work. In my opinion, I'm just giving you my experience, it doesn't work that way. In any case, they've got things to do. I mean, they're, they're busy doing whatever it is you do over there. <laughs> Have you devised any kind of pattern of what their interest uh, for interaction might be? Uh, we cannot understand. I mean, there's no. no way we can possibly understand okay. spirit. As I see it, when they, should we say, make an impression, they put on a sort of facade, if you like, of the personality as you knew the person. But that's not really who they are or what they are. We, we cannot understand that. I hope that's clear. Yeah, thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for that, Henny. Uh, next up is Sarah, if you'd like to ask your question. Yeah, Oops. thank you. Um, I live in Berlin and I have for 12 years, but originally I'm from Chicago. And in Chicago, I always felt like the veil was not super transparent, but it was thinner than what I find it is here which is the polar opposite of what I would have expected because of the history of Berlin. There's so much that occurred here, even, you know, sort of recently <laughs> in the, <laughs> this past hundred years. So um, do you have any insight? Like why would a city um, like Berlin be so spiritually deadened and a, like a sort of a new city like Chicago? I, is it like the people of the city have- well, like, can, 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 can we back up a little bit? Um, sure. Given that, you know, there's no actual answer to your question. Yeah. But, but having said that, there are places where people feel they are, I mean, I've never been to the Santa Fe area. Um, people say it's very, I, I, don't, I don't know. But my feeling is off the top of my head, it's not a question perhaps of Chicago or Berlin, but the stage you are in your life with your, um, oh, can I even say, um, I'm more feeling that it's you, the stage of life that you are now. I'm not sure it's me though, because I've well, had I, other I, people remark the same thing, that there's a psychic dampening here that's odd. Well, um, that, that, 
I don't honestly know, and I'm never going to make okay. up if I don't know. I find it a very interesting question because I've never heard that before. Okay. I, I yeah. There's certainly. I invite uh, you to come here. It's it's odd. <laughs> it's, it's about yeah. Hamburg. I've got a story about Hamburg. Can I tell my Hamburg story? Oh, go on. I oh did. yeah. My Hamburg. So I was dealing with a client, um, a German lady. Now it's relevant. She was blonde and bright blue eyes, and you're going to think oh, she's German. Okay, so but <clears throat> talking to her about whatever was going on in her life. And then again, off to the left, I've got, all I can see is a pair of brilliant blue eyes. But this is very important. I was, I was saying to Daz before we came on, don't ever edit, never edit, do not edit. So I'm saying to her, well, I've got these really brilliant blue eyes, same as hers, and she burst into tears. Why you might ask? Because they were her grandfather's, eyes but there was always a question about whether they were it was actually his grandfather not a grandfather and then once he'd made contact he was showing me the little hut he'd got on the beach in Hamburg and we were we were away but um what he came through with is something that absolutely oh forgive the word I hate these American words resonated resonated with her it made perfect sense to her and it answers a huge family question now was she asking that did she even know was I asking no but he and when I say he the grandfather whatever form he was taking he wanted to tell him it was a big question it was a big question on her mind which she was certainly wasn't asking that but so I think what I'm saying in answering a couple of your questions it's not a question of you trying to talk to the grandfather or whoever it is as and when they will come through. Is that clear? I hope it's clear. But to answer your question of one place more than another, I don't know because if you think, um, I don't know whether you've been, if you've been to Chicago, you probably came to New York. I, I live in the middle of New York. Um, one would think that was a place totally devoid of any kind of, not so, <laughs> not so at all. We've got a, quite a lot of ghosts here. Excellent, thanks for that, Paula, and thanks, Sarah. Next person with the hand up is John. Nice to see you, John. It's been a while. Hi. hi. Can you hear me? I can. I can okay. see. And I can see you as well. Hi. Um, speaking of New York, um, yeah. I, I was in the University of West Georgia archives, and okay. Ingo talks quite a, talks quite a bit about New York City. And one of my questions is that he claimed that you know he was the reincarnation of Rudolph Valentino. And then he met he met eight other people in New York City who said they were the reincarnation. Oh no! But let, 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 let me just interrupt. If I are we all familiar familiar with Leslie Flint, the direct voice medium, the oh no. English, the great okay, <laughs> okay. Um, is he somebody you might like to know about? Um, he used to bring in Valentino. Valentino is the person who most often popped in. In, in, his, in his sessions, he's, 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 oh, and Oscar Wilde, Oscar Wilde, great one. So I, I, I don't know whether he was joking or not. I, I, I can't speak to that, but um, Valentino was, he pops in all over the place and Oscar Wilde. So you're saying that he popped into Ingo? Uh, no, I'm, I'm saying um, perhaps Ingo was having a little joke. He, was, he did have a little joke every night. I'm, I'm not saying he was, I'm just, Thinking perhaps he was having a little joke. <laughs> well, 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 since you knew Ingo so well, you can shed a lot of light, I'm sure, on various aspects that we oh, yeah. haven't heard yeah. about what's happening, you know, what's in the University of West Georgia archives. And, yeah. that and, you know, Ingo claimed also that he could trace his 
incarnations back 2,000 years, and he wrote a book. Ah, a, a, let, a let, me paper about it. let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Ingu, in his earlier life, was a follower of Hubbard. Uh, before there was spiritual, what's the Scientology? Before that, way before that, and I was talking to him about the fact that I knew since I was little I was drowned, and they had whatever it was called before, whatever it's become now, um, a sort of um, philosophy that what you have to do is past life regression, and you sort of flush it out. So we went through one of these sessions. Well, the time we got back to the Viking, a Viking having drowned like six, we, we sort of gave up because I'd obviously drowned time after time after time after time. Um, but um, yes, yeah, so I suppose, well, after all, we've all got ancestors going back to the beginning. I mean, we all have. Um, so I went right back to Viking time. So I'm sorry, what was your question that he felt he had? Well, I was wondering if you have any information that he gave you about these other incarnations that he had going back. No, no, uh, you see, no, the thing about Inga and I, we were essentially friends, personal friends. You know, I hang out with his wife, and his wife, his mother, his sister. We didn't talk really about um, his work, or we didn't. It, it, that wasn't what we were doing. We were um, occasionally make so. so you see, uh, talking about what he was 3,000 wouldn't necessarily come up in conversation. And we were essentially friends. So um, that he could trace it that far back. Perhaps he went through one of these sessions when in whatever that organization was before. I don't know. I, 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 can't, I can't answer that. I don't know. So he didn't talk about, um, but you know, you had said that he would say, well, let's go to the moon or something. So I, I wondered if he would say, well, let's go to the other side or let's, did he ever do that? Did he ever have contact with the other side that he let you know about? He, I, I didn't know whether you heard the beginning of, of this session. Um, I just said, I now realize these many years later that Ingu knew a lot more about my abilities than he ever let on he knew. I realize mm -hmm. now that he saw a lot in me, but by him not saying anything to me about everything that he thought I could do, um, left us free just to be um, friends. We, we, you see, I, I understand that to most remote viewers, okay, let me tell you something, that he told a friend of mine. He said, basically, Ingo, thousands of people wanted to spend time with him, which is true. But the way he said it is, yes, but what did they have to give to me? And it was just a little remark because lots of people wanted from him, but there was not much that they could give to him. But what I would say, argument say, giving to him was, I've, I've got the, <laughs> I've got his inscription, friendship, just pure friendship. I, did, I never asked Singo for anything, never asked him for anything, never, never, never. I, I, I just didn't. And so he could be relaxed just to be himself. It was. I understand remote viewers thinking, oh, I'd like to ask him this or that or the other. Now, truth be told. These projects that I do, what I like to say to him, hang on a second, how did I do? Oh, I can't, but I didn't. And that made us comfortable. Comfortable is the word. 
Thanks for your insights. And I look forward to, to reading what you have in the UWG archives too. And you definitely okay. confirmed some impressions I've had about Ingo too, about wanting to be left alone, basically. Oh, yes. I mean, he, he, um, he, he, he lived in this sort of strange, um, rather ramshackle, uh, converted um, factory. And he was down in his basement. It was dark. And I used to watch him painting those incredible paintings. And we'd spend hours and he'd just be painting and I'd be drinking cups of tea. And it was very... Um, Comfortable. Yeah. Comfortable. Thanks again. My pleasure. Paula, um, as as we're on the subject of Ingo uh, right now, um, and I know Ellie's bringing out uh, and the estate's bringing out a new book very soon of um, of Ingo's. I think it's some of his drinks recipes and his dinner party recipes. Oh, his dinner parties are amazing. <laughs> I wonder if you give these guys a, a, just a little bit of a taste of insight about how amazing those dinner parties were and the kind of people. Oh, yes. And in fact, I was in touch with Ellie and I've sent her photographs because I was always running around with my little point and shoot and take. I've got more pictures of Ingo, which have given over than the part anybody else. He gave the most incredible dinner parties now. Um, and I've got photographs. I think I've sent them down to my archives mm -hmm. and, and to Ellie as well. He had um, he put out the most wonderful. He had glassware from SS France. Beautiful cutlery, but <laughs> he had in his on his floor a little gas ring. That was it. Occasionally, he'd borrow the oven from one of his tenants. That was it. But he put together the most extraordinary uh, dinners. I mean, a lot of Scandinavian influence because of course that that was his background. Um, uh, he did wonderful dinner parties. Mind you, I tell you a funny story. <laughs> Lots of funny stories. Uh, there was one dinner party and um, there was an artist friend of his there and they'd had a little tiff, whatever, in the middle of dinner. So Inga sent us all home, told us all to go. <laughs> that, was, that, was, yes, that was the part of Inga that um, perhaps doesn't make it into the storybooks, but uh, he got cross with this man and, and we all had to go. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he was um it's too trite to say he was a character i mean that's just too trite he was yeah. uh, he was a one-off oh, yeah definitely yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on off you go out <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you were lucky to you know because we've all seen the artwork you're lucky to have uh actually experienced some of that artwork being created as well oh uh, i did i mean um the uh, what was it called feminine rising yes that was, I, saw, I saw a lot of him painting that and the, uh, the light bearer Light bearer, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm because I'm working with the estate on various bits and pieces. Um, mm -hmm. I'm very lucky in that Ellie gave me um, a, a raw file of the uh, the light bearer paintings, and I, I literally downstairs now have a huge, big uh, A1 sized copy of that uh, light bearer on, oh. on a wall. Frame. Well, the, 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 that's the story. Um, yeah, I shall tell you. It, it went through many incarnations, but one of the incarnations was this very, very muscular man. And he had all sort of leather straps around him, leather sort of um, uh, straps. And he said to me, it's the only time he asked me what I thought of a painting. And I, I was trying to think of something sort of um, tactful to say, because it was like an S&M sort of thing. Um, and I said, well, uh, I wasn't really quite sure. It it, it appeals so much to women. He, he got totally miffed, but he did change it. He did change it. It, it was it was it was pure S&M. I mean, <laughs> well, you know, he, he, we have to be honest, he, he does have some erotic art that he did create. And 
I, uh, there's oh, an exhibition well. of it in, I think it's in Berlin or somewhere at the moment. It's, uh, it's Oh, well, let, let, let me, yes, okay. After he died, um, there was a, an art show <clears throat> and it was in two rooms and the first room was his lovely artwork, but the second behind a barrier was some very um, naughty, naughty artwork, which I had never seen because you see, he wanted to, project that I was his girlfriend. In fact, I had a lot of trouble with his mother, a lot of trouble with his mother, who you, I, I, I threw them all away I shouldn't have done. She used to write me 10 page letters when she wasn't there, berating me for not marrying her son. And she, she, <laughs> well, he, he, was, he was a confirmed bachelor, shall we say. So I never saw any of that. And I'm not sure that he would have been the slightest bit pleased that that was shown. I, I do not think oh. so, that's my opinion. Ah, really? Okay, that's interesting. Because uh, there's an exhibition. I, I'm sure it's in Germany at the moment. And I have to be honest. You know, it's it's pretty striking art. I quite like it, to be honest. Striking uh, art. It is pure hardcore porn. Let's let's not mix our words. It is. It is. It but, is. But, but I mean, yes, but. For, for Sorry. me, it's in the style of uh, a famous photographer called Robert Robert Maplethorpe. I don't oh, know yes, I, I know Maplethorpe. Yes, of course I do. Yes, yes. It's yes. very similar to that, but it's almost like an oil painting version of, of Maplethorpe. So you, for me, it's, you know, and I'm a great fan of Maplethorpe's work. Yeah. So, yeah. I, but, I, I said, but I said, um, if you can understand my relationship with him, yes. I never saw any of that. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, that you, you see, that, 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 that would not have um, meshed with his projection of me being his girlfriend. So yeah. I never saw any of that. Yeah. I mean, obviously I knew he was gay, we all did, but it was not um, not mentioned. Yes, yes. Excellent. He didn't want it mentioned. Okay, so I, I have a question in the text to chat here from Jamie. And hmm. she asks, uh, after some experience, when you use your psychic abilities, do they have a certain flavor or distinction that you would know uh, which ability you're engaging with now? Uh, I think you have to be a bit more precise. Are we talking about my client's work? Uh, what, what are we talking about? Um, I don't know if she's got her mic on. I'm just having a, trying to look here on the side. Jamie. Um... You've got a mic. I've got a mic, Des. Hi there. Hi, guys. Um, yeah, so my question is just um, for Paula. When, when you use your abilities and over the years that you've used them, do they have a distinction with them? Have you sort of been able to say, okay, I now know that I'm talking to spirits. I now know that I'm remote viewing something or oh, no, because I you don't... look like you've developed many talents. Yes, I have a broad range of um, of whatever it is I've got. No, um, I think that goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier. I don't, and obviously it's worked for me, don't sort of say to myself, well, am I doing this or that or the other? I, um, forget the American, I flow with it. I don't question. Like I said, working with clients, um, you know, it, it's the here, the now, the past, present, the future, and occasionally something else comes in. When the, and it doesn't come in often, but spirit does sometimes come in. Um, I'll give you a little example, I'm full of examples. I, there was a woman who came to see me and she was obviously in a sort of um, agitated state, which, I know coming to see me is scary. So I took no notice of that. And, oh, and again, perhaps when I do client work, I use the terror. I'm obviously not reading cards, but never mind. Now, I remember very clearly in the general reading, 
right beside, should we say, her, I got her mother. And I'll tell you exactly what I, because I remember what I said. I said, oh, your mother's here. Um, she's gone on a long journey. When she settles in, she's going to be very happy and comfortable. Okay. End of the reading, she, what she told me was she lived with her mother. Her mother, only a month or so before, took a little nap on the couch, died. Now, bear in mind what I said, you would think that I was being cutesy. Your mother's gone a long journey. She'll be fine when she's settled in. But that's what I was told to tell her. Now, was it her mother? Yes, of course it was. Of course it was. But it was captured in such, I mean, obviously clients have died over the many years, but death as such, um, well, I, that just illustrates how I was told about somebody who had recently passed, but it sounds cutesy, but that's what I was told. So I don't then question that because I understand what it is. Is, is that clear? I mean, yes, it is. So more, more of a case, you, it's channeled through you rather than you expressing. Uh, I don't like the word channel, but let, let me tell you something. In my word, in my work, I'm very iconoclastic. There's so many words I don't like. And channel, I, I understand, of course, the word. I, I, I understand it. I just, should we say, I don't use it. But does it come to me? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it comes to me. I don't, I think, what am I saying? I don't seek it out. It comes to me. I don't ask. I, I don't seek it out. I, I don't question. It comes to me. Because it's just drawn it, to you. I'm sorry. It comes to me. It, is it, it drawn it, to you? Yeah. Well, yes. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Because they know whoever they what. I mean, say they as if it's a person. It isn't a person. Um, they know that they can reach me, should we say. But I'm not asking them, they're giving me. I'm not sitting, sitting saying, well, you know, perhaps your mother's died, should we go and find her? No, actually, some people do ask me about people who have passed away recently, and I sometimes know um, how they died, but it's not, it's not usually what clients ask for. And sometimes it comes to me and sometimes it doesn't, because only because they want it, they come to me. I, I don't go out and, you can't go out and seek them. Thank you, Paula. You're very welcome. Uh, Paula, I had a question in the chat here from Dimi uh, again. She said, um, did did you, or she says here, did Ingo ever try to contact you? Um, I think you've told me that you Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, let me tell you just once. Oh, yes, that was funny. Um, it was a Friday afternoon, about five o'clock, and I got um, an email from Lynn Oliveri of the University of West Georgia, an email saying, would I like to submit my, um, my files or, or my work to the archives? And I have a in the afternoon and I'm, it was Friday and I'm thinking, well, what does that mean? I mean, my stuff with Ingo. And that was it. Ingo was right beside me and he was giggling. He was giggling, he was having a whale of a laugh. That was the only time he really, really contacted. He thought that was very, very funny. And then it turned out that she'd, and after I'd sent all my stuff, which was 90 pounds, I couldn't believe it. I said to him, why did you ask me to, for all my material? Because I thought she wanted stuff um, that I've got of Ingo's. And she said, well, you're very well known and you've got lots of stuff. And I thought, yeah, I had, but I didn't know. I didn't know that. Again, it talks about things coming to me, but Ingo, he was standing beside me. He was having a, such a giggle. 
thought that was very funny, yes. <laughs> Excellent. And thanks for sharing that, Paula. Uh, <laughs> I see Don has his hand up. So, yeah, go for it, Don. Um, yeah, I was just curious about, um, in your experience with uh, clients, you, you mentioned you were doing some work in the UK. Were you in a circle at all? or I tried. I mean, back in England, um, I tried... But I'm afraid we used to go to various um, organizations or things. Um, oh, I've got a funny story. Did, did you see my other two interviews? In which case I went to my funny story again. I did not. I started oh. and got distracted. It happens <laughs> okay. a lot. Uh, please, please, please. <laughs> Let me tell you a funny story. Um, I was looking around. I didn't know what I was looking for. I was looking for... I mean, I'm obviously not a group team person. I didn't know it. I was, I was looking around and I had a friend and um, she'd heard of somebody who I, uh, was in some sort of group or other. So he came around to see us. And at that point, I mean, she and I were in our 20s. I mean, not, not too terribly unattractive people. Anyways, so he was talking about what he, and he said, well, what actually happens is <laughs> everybody is in his garage. Start naked running around dance. What's, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I didn't sorry. hear. Okay, come on. What we had to do is be stark naked, running around dancing in his car. But joking apart, I looked around for lots of things. And he, and then you know, over the years, I realized I'm not part of it. No, I took a little bit of the philosophies you like for several things, but... I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a joiner. I, I don't join things. I'm not part of any one thing. So the answer to that is we did look around and we didn't find anything. But uh, did you, <laughs> did you ever experience any um, physical man manifestations? You know, like uh, taps on the wall or disembodied voices, uh, spirit trumpets. If you're in a circle. Oh no 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 not not that. Um, uh, well, I, I don't know whether you were in the beginning of this this chat. I mean, I was saying that earlier this week, I lost a cable that I needed a connection. <clears throat> Sorry if I, if I heard this. <clears throat> and I turned this place upside down, and I don't live in a big space. Went to bed. Next morning, I get up, and it's right on a table in front of me. Now, um, was it there before? No, it wasn't there before. But I... <laughs> But but I recognised and I laughed. And I, oh, and I did say thank you. I did say thank you. I did say thank you because somebody something put it there. So Very do I good. say do I, what I'm saying is did I recognise it? Of course I did. Did I laugh? Sure. Did I say thank you? I said thank you. If, if that kind of answers your question, yes, this manifestation. But it's um, yeah. Yeah, that answers my question. You're very welcome. All right, thank you. Paula, as a carry on to Don's question, um, you've done lots of like haunted house type work and stuff. Mm -hmm. Have you seen? Have you seen or heard any kind of physical stuff that's been recorded during during those visits? Well, that, that's actually a very very interesting thing that is in my archive. Um, I had a client, um, very interesting woman. She was um, a stockbroker. That's relevant, but she did time slips. She said there were certain places like Lexington Avenue here. She can't walk around down because it's full of people. She was, she lived in another realm, but she had a house. She was both in New York and she had a house out in the country. 
And she asked us to go out there for a friend of mine who also sees dead people to go and sort of have a little look around. And we went out um, and he was photographing. She, she went out. This is a very long story, but I'll keep it as short as possible because the, the video is in my archive. She went out and we were just chatting about what we'd seen. Um, and then upstairs, from upstairs, there was an enormous thump, big thump. Now, on the film, and you can see this, and he's had it verified. I At that time, I got a cold chill up this arm, and there's a black shadow that goes right across me, and it's on film. There were a lot of other manifestations that day. It was massively haunted. And there's another side of that. We were going to do a big film um, about her. And she came here, and it was September. She gave me her card. Now, I don't know where clients work. It is totally irrelevant to me. I had a card. It was Thursday. Kenta Fitzgerald. And the next Tuesday, 9-11, she was killed. But I know she just went straight back to her house. She was very comfortable with the ghosts. It's massively, that house is massively haunted. And it is sold. It keeps... People think they go there and they, they hear it's scared that <laughs> they last about a few months. It's massively haunted. And she went back and joined them. So it's part of a long story. But the actual film is in um, my archive. Excellent. I look forward to seeing that when they uh, um, when they get around to. Yes, but I, I said, you know, you can actually you've got to look very quickly. Right across my face. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, there's a message in the chat here from Jay Sutton. I just want to share it with you because uh, you're not able to read that right now. He says, I find Paula's desire to avoid labels refreshing, the freedom to go with what is without a label. Uh, and he wants to thank you for that. Well, I appreciate that because I said, you know, um, even some of the questions now have tried to understandably talk about, um, well, labels and philosophies as they understand them. And I'm saying... I never talk about anybody else's way of working. No, just me. Um, I don't know how or why I was, well, forgive the word, chosen. But I think it is important to, um, to understand that I embraced it. I, I, I can't think of any other way. I turned my life over to it. That sounds a bit lofty, but there we are. Yeah. I embraced it. I don't question it. And I'm also very, very fussy, as I said, for myself about um, some of the, the phrasing of people talking about um, spirit guides and soulmates. So don't get me started. Um, uh, let's just be fussy about labels. Yeah, I'm glad somebody appreciates that. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, I'm just sort of paddling along by myself, doing my thing, as we say. <laughs> Excellent. Um, I haven't got any more questions from the guys at the moment. Um, but before we came on air, you were telling me about some of your paperwork you had locally. Oh yes. Is there any? Is there anything that you that you want to pick out? I, I, I can't yes. remember what we were discussing. Oh yes. Um, because I, I, Bob Durant. I don't know if you know who Bob Durant was. Um, great friend of finger, and I knew him. He gave me lots and lots and lots and lots of papers. And I casually said, and digging out, knowing I was going to be speaking to the rest of you, I dug out something called the 1997 Project. And I said, I suppose you know all about this. And he said, 
no. And I suddenly realized, I've got things here that are very, very important, the memory of Ingo um, and Bob Durant that I think nobody else has seen. Very, very briefly, well, I'll tell you what this is all about, just a second. Um, okay, here we go. Okay. Are you sitting comfortably? You're yeah. too young. You're too young to know what that means. I'll just say company now we'll begin. A major project to prepare humanity for contact with extraterrestrial intelligence. It's the 1997 project. <laughs> um, and I've got it all here. It's um, also about the faces on Mars. It's all part of the same thing. Um, it was felt that by a couple of different people. There's somebody here called Stephen Trevino and John L. Peterson. And there was some feeling or, or belief, or how should we say, that there would be a major, major um, extraterrestrial um, overtaking of the world or something of the sort and how best to prepare for it. And I've had this sitting here for 20 odd years, not realizing that it's probably important. I mean, important to belong to Ingo's archive and I've popped it in yeah. mind as well. Um, and then there's another thing I did. Now, I don't know. I would like to have the paperwork on this, but nobody seems to have it. I did another thing with Ingo and it was picked up by the Center of Disease Control. Now, I've got a little piece of paper here. It was done in May 97 and I've got the name Larry Harris restricted. Now, Year later, CNN talks about Larry Harris being picked up by the FBI because he had masses of um, weapons of mass destruction anthrax. Now, I worked with Ingo and I did that the year before. I don't know what I said, but I know, all I know from my paper that I've got here is that Ingo thought it would, and it has to be documented somewhere. Otherwise, why would I bother to think, you know, the following year, whoops, yeah. I was right. I would love to have the paperwork because, yes. you know, obviously I knew something about this person with this mass destruction before he was mm. he was picked up, but um, I can't find anybody who's got the documentation. Yeah, I don't I think, because uh, working with John, uh, John Knowles and uh, Deborah Lynn Katz, we've been... At, We've been looking at most of Ingo's files in the University of West Georgia, and we've been exchanging files between us. John, does if you're still here, does that have any recollection of you? Um, a CDC, a CDC file, is it? Looking at the, the, the man who was picked up was um, Larry Wayne Harrison. There's also somebody, William Job um, Levitt. I don't recollect seeing a project with that name in in Ingo's files. Do you remember anything, John? Uh, Pretty much all those names are are not familiar, uh, except for well, that, one. Oh, except John Peterson, uh, that guy's still around, I think. If it's yeah. the same same one, but I forget exactly what he's he's all about. John Peterson. Well, I, I don't know whether you can see this. This is my own scribbled little note to myself. You read that? Uh, I think so. May May ninety seven FBI somewhere. Yeah. Center of Disease Control. Okay. Uh, Larry Harris got the name and um, yeah, Center of Disease. Okay, so, so that sounds like another project that we don't know about. What about the previous right. one Paul mentioned, John? Is that's, that's in the archives, I believe, isn't it? The uh, ET one. 
um, I'm not sure which which one which ET pro project. What was the title was. of that uh, big project you had, Paula, on the ET one? Oh, um, uh, project 1997. It's called the 1997 um, project. I don't recall it by that name. No, no you see, I, I think it wasn't, um, because it all says confidential here. Excellent. Uh, are you going to be sending those, Paula, to the archives, or could we get Yes, I will, I will. Them? Because I said, you know, I find it, it's thanks to you, Des, that I have dug up all this stuff, which was sitting in a file since God in knows when, never <laughs> thinking that nobody else has it. And it's yeah. obviously something really, really, really important. Yeah, because uh, I've, I've been working a little bit with John. John's been doing a very big project on collating lots of uh, remote viewing, psychic, ET connected stuff. So that project would be very, uh, very important. Yes, but see, that, that, that's why I could never have imagined that. It's pages of it. <laughs> that nobody <laughs> else had it. And it's been. I, I will send it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we can get a copy of that in, in some way, that would be fantastic. And then it all it, it comes also it's relevant to the face on mars it's all is to do with mars and mm. this uh, i haven't seen it i don't think i've seen any inga work on a face on mars either no in, no well as i said um and and i've got ingo's note to john peterson talking about and bob yeah I, I, well any case i'm rambling um i will have this sent down because uh, but i said if i hadn't if you hadn't found me Des, this would have been lost to uh, it would be lost and it's obviously important now um mm -hmm. could one say oh well it didn't happen <laughs> well time is such that perhaps it hasn't happened yet yeah. excellent Thank, thanks for sharing that paul and yeah we uh, yeah if we can get a copy at some point if you can let me know when it goes to to blin in the u.s yes i, I will because i said I'll, I'll keep a copy and i'll send one to my archives because after bob had had sent it to me um yeah i mean it, it's um it's pretty interesting i keep a lot of stuff and as i said earlier um to those people who don't know new york um our apartments tend to be quite small but i keep a lot of stuff even though i send a lot of stuff down to um the archives i've got a friend he's into decluttering and he's always saying you know, you've got to throw away this or that i more of a thought well might be interesting one day and i mean this would have been well it belongs to ingo's files yeah excellent. it's a big and important um project could i could i ask you if uh Paula, if there was any more talk about what this big event, this ET event that was going to be Well, big, I tell you, yes. to be quite truthful, I mean, coming up to this um, this interview, I, let, me, let me wait a minute. Yes, um, what did I say? Oh, I haven't got it. I said, they just said it by the beginning. Um, Bob's note to me is, you know, this is just a second. I'll tell you why I haven't. Um, okay. Paula, don't be intimidated by all this paperwork. Ingo cranks it out like Niagara Falls, and from time to time, the spirit moves me in the same fashion. So um, coming up to this, it would take a lot for me to actually sort of try to um, understand what this was all said. There's pages and pages and pages. I mean, you, you know Ingo's work. It's very um, yeah. dense, shall we say. So uh, is there a, a quick little quip um, summary of this? Um, no. <laughs> did, did he talk about Ed Dames? Or this was before Ed Dames' time. 
in terms of a, of a, of a tragedy occurring to the planet? Uh, 1997, um, it doesn't. It, it's just Bob and uh, Trevino and Peterson. That's, those are the only names I've got here. But okay. um, I, I'm very pleased to be able to, to find them and to pass them on because that this was obviously something they considered to be extremely important. Wow. Excellent, yeah. So yeah, yeah, if we could get a copy of that at some point, Paula, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. Well, as I said, yeah, and what I should do is, um, I've got to have it all copied. Um, yeah. And then if you've, you'll send me actually a mailing address and I'll send you a copy. Fantastic, yeah, that'd be it's great. Pages, there's no reason to wait to get goes to the archive and yeah. I'll send yeah. it to you. Yeah, because I, I have to pay for that as well when I do searches at the archive. You're not only pay, I mean, you know, it's taking you forever to find it in there. So yes, yes. Yeah, because it, yeah, it has to be catalogued. And I think it's all done on a volunteer basis at the moment with people doing it. I, 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 I don't know, but all them. Yeah. I'll do snail mail. I'll send it to the mail to <laughs> That'd you. be fantastic. Yeah, we'll, we'll arrange something off off, off screen. Uh, so that. And then, you know, we can get it for to John at some point for his, for his big report that he's doing. Absolutely, yeah. Because I said, you know, it says it's confidential or whatever, it's a while ago, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have any, uh, do, do any of the, you guys there uh, watching have any questions? Because no one's put their hand up for a while, or I got some in reserve here. I have a question. Uh, yeah. Yes. Go for it. Um, so I, I, I wanted to ask Paula, uh, if you can tell me about the link between dreams and the disability that you have, or anyone that could have disability. Dream, yeah, thank you, yeah. I would say, when I say to clients, um, if I can make it sort of, um, dreams, all right. Um, if somebody has, somebody's died, and they said they have a dream about that person, I just ask them one thing. Is that something you can immediately recall, you see very clearly, and it's not at all like a dream, because that's a visitation. It's a visitation. It's nothing like a dream. You're aware of the person. Now, people tend, I think somebody asked me some, um, about whole um, conversations with let's call them spirit, whatever. It's not usually that, but you know who it is. You just know who it is. And it's not like a dream. You can recall it. You know the feelings, you know who it was. That's a visitation. That is not a dream, that's a visitation. Wonderful, thank you. You're very welcome. Anything else? I've got lots of odds. But lots of chats. We're going to have to do many of these days. I can talk. <laughs> yeah, that's not a problem. Uh, we have Deborah up next, though. She has a question for you. Yes. Hi, Deborah. Hi. Hi, Paula. Oh, hello. It's wonderful to meet you. Um, I just want to say, first of all, that everything you've said really makes a lot of sense to me in my experience as well. I can relate to a lot of the ways that you experience the spirits. And I... Um, I just wonder if you've ever had any experience with witchcraft or anything like that and how you would characterize it or... Well, let's go back to where, where I started. Um, witchcraft is... Um, my understanding of it is it's, it's very valid. 
it belongs, shall we say, to this air. It, 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 I, I see it as something, um, uh, it's not a question of earthbound. Um, practical. It's not exactly quite practical, but it belongs to, I know, let me try to it another way. It belongs to this realm, witchcraft. I, everything about me and where I come from, what I do is not of this realm. Right. Is witchcraft, I think, um, in this purest, totally valid? Yeah, actually, I do. Absolutely. Is it, is it my path? Not at all, because my path is, is it's somewhere else. Um, but if, if your question is, do I believe it to be valid? Oh, yes, I do. Yes, yes. Thank you, because uh, I totally agree. It, mm. it doesn't have a, a spiritual element, but it definitely has a practical element that works. It, it, belongs, it belongs to this world. Absolutely. That's as I see it. Yes, entirely. Excellent. Thank yeah. you for that. I appreciate it. Excellent. Thanks for that, Rose. Um, just some questions I got here uh, in, that I've asked before, but some of the people haven't heard these. Uh, I love the recent film you were in, The Cavalian. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I know you did, you, you liked it as well. You know, it's a fantastic film. And if anyone hasn't seen it, you know, it's available on uh, uh, Amazon. It's available on YouTube and lots of other places. Um, how did your participation in that come about? Because... You know, it's, 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 oh, and um, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie Thomas, the filmmaker, I had met him. Um, he was uh, part of a group called the Morbid Anatomy Library, strange, but um, we'd met and he, he remembered me. And when he was in discussions with Mitch Horowitz about doing this film, um, he thought of me and he rang me up and said, um, I'm doing this film, and the first part, it's, it's about mentalism, and I'd like you to talk about it. I'm thinking mentalism, party, party games, parlor games. I, I don't do party games. He said, don't worry about it. Do not worry about it. And uh, Ronnie and I, I saw him last week, which is irrelevant. Um, he elicited out of me, I mean, that in a good way, more truly about who I am and what I am than anything else I've ever done. Um, so that's how, and he says that, if I may, here's what he said, what I say, and I'm the first section, is the essence of the entire thing. Um, what I'm saying about this realm, this life, and really, oh, you've got to see the film, I'm not going to tell you. Got to see the film, but that—that's how it came about. He knew me, and he knew that. Again, it's like Ingo. People come to me and see things in me that I don't know about, but they're right. I, another thing um, in my work and my publicity, whatever, it has never ever worked for me to go out after something, to chase something down. Never happens. It always has to come to me. And that's how I was chosen. And Ron keeps saying, Ronnie keeps saying that I'm the star of the whole thing. I'm the essence of the entire thing. You have it's, to see it. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, and if anyone hasn't watched it, uh, it's, it's got some great insights in it and some great interviews with Paula and a few other people. And, and it's filmed really well as well. I, I really like oh, the, he, the visuals. He, he, his visuals are. Oh, what I say to people if they see just the just the the promo uh, where people have not got many clothes on, I said, "Don't don't, don't worry, I've got my clothes on. <laughs> I'm not running around in the forest." Without my clothes on. <laughs> Which is the promo? Never mind. Oh, 
great. He, he's got director of the year for that. He's Fantastic. winning for that, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great piece of work. Very, very, uh, very well directed and put together. Very arty, and I just love that whole look of it. And also, I mean, I've seen it on the big screen. I mean, I've got a big yeah. computer, but on the big screen, oh, it is glorious, absolutely yeah. glorious. Don't try to see it on your phone. <laughs> it's glorious. No, definitely not for that. Um, and also, in a previous discussion, you said to me you've uh, you've come to realise that you were from another place or dimension. I wonder if you could maybe give us a bit more insight into that. Yes, I, I did one past life regression a long, long time ago. Um, and apparently I'm, I'm very easy to hypnotize because again, immediately I was extremely far away and I had an impression, or I could see, however you like to phrase it, of I was sort of standing at an opening to a cave. Not a cave. It wasn't a cave in a hill or, it, it, okay big cave and in it there were little groups of do we all know what those little fireworks are those sparklers yeah yeah okay sparklers okay so um and there were little groups of sparklers here and there and i was standing sort of standing i was outside looking in and i knew which group i belonged to and i had the realization that it was my purpose to take information from here to there. It was, it was an exchange of information and I belonged there. That was sort of home and I was forced to come and visit down here every night again. Now, that sort of thing, if you told me about it logically before or afterwards, sounds to me, the me before, start raving mad. I mean, completely mad. But I knew. I, th I, think, I think what I'd like to say to anybody is, um, when you know, you know. This is not a question of doubt. You know. That's why I don't like people saying it's a belief system. Another question. Um, I just come from somewhere. I think a lot of us come from different places. We don't all come from the same thing. And another question for you, Paula, is uh, I've seen uh, some documentation of you doing lots of predictions for the New York Post. Yeah. Do you, are you still doing those? Um, I, I've done them for 35 years. Right. Cindy decided she didn't need to do them anymore. Oh, but my favorite one, my favorite one. Now, let me explain. When I used to do it, she would call me in November and I would get out um, a yellow legal pad and pencil. Top I'd put international, national New York City. I would come up with one liners. I never checked. Now this was before internet, by the way. I never checked sent them off. Now, the one I like best of all is, and I did these about November, December, is that I saw that the Ethiopian, I don't know if he's president, prime minister, what, would be stepping down, I forget, it's February, March, the next year. Yeah. And he did. Yeah. I then found afterwards, he'd been there for 12 years. Now, I would say to the skeptics, okay, do you really think that I telephoned Mr. whatever his name was and said, now look, be a good chap. I've said you're going to sort of move off. So could you just sort of shuffle off? Uh, no. Tell me how I knew that. Unless I had the ability to, to see something that logically I could not have seen. That's my favorite one. If anybody's going to be skeptical, I'll say, okay, well, how did I do that? That's, that's great work. I, that's I, a great body of work. Uh, 35 I, years, you said. Wow. 35 years. I don't know, nor do I question how I know what I know. Okay, let me put another way. <clears throat> um, 
I lived in I live in New York. I have done for a very, very, very many years. And my main thing is to work with clients, past, present, and future. Oh, that's not yeah. a thing. I'll come to that. Now, if I wasn't getting above average amounts of things right, I'd have been out of business 30 odd years ago. Now, I never say I'm always right. No. But I seem to have the ability to know things that might sound crazy. I'll tell, I'll tell another story. I'm full of stories. Um, client came back. I'd seen her in the previous summer. She came in February. Now, before I could stop, because I always tell people not to say anything, she said, you told me last summer I was going to break up my boyfriend, but I married him. And I'm thinking, well, why are you here? She said, but I'm already in the divorce courts. And I didn't listen to what you... Now, I do not tell people to, to, to believe in me or not. I just tell them what to see. And if it's right, they can, but you know, I was right. But it wasn't something she wanted to accept, which I don't ask people to. I give them, that's the end of it to me. Yeah. I, I just, I see things that sometimes people think are crazy, mad, totally impossible, but they come to pass. So my only answer to that is, I wouldn't be in business for all these many years if I wasn't getting it way above average right yeah that's another thing in the ghost hunting with michael and mayor she used to do these very very intricate um um write-ups she was under the she followed the philosophy of ruth schmeiner i think schmeiner her name was very 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 documented and i was basically always her top scorer so yeah. i tell you i tell you how that works because you might be interested if anybody anybody does ghost hunting now suppose you are in I don't know, a room 10 by 10 foot and you go in and you think oh there's something in that corner over there the left hand corner but there's also something in the right hand corner i'll try to make this simple now it might be that the only manifestation is in the right hand corner so you might get a hundred but you would have a deduction because you've got the left-hand corner as well, which wasn't accurate. Do I make myself clear? So it's a question of, it's a mathematical thing. Yeah. Excellent. I, I, I don't know. I don't query. I just accept and go with it, whatever it is I can do. Yeah. Why? How? <laughs> we have a comment in the, in the text chat here, and it came in earlier, and it's from Ned. And it's, you know, it's to give you a bit of promotion, really. He said he's in California, uh, and he says, could Paula do a reading for me? So he has an idea which way to go. How would he best contact you to get a, a private reading? Um, he can he can telephone me um, or email me. I think you, you put okay. that up at the end, email or telephone, and um, I'll get right back to you, tell you how that works. But thank you. I, I, I work, obviously, all over the country. So the fact that, you know, we were on Zoom, for most of our readings now, it doesn't make any difference to me. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much. Anybody Am else? Uh, yeah, we have a question from Dimi who has her hands up. Hello again. Yes. Hello. Yes. Yes. Hello again. Thank you. I was. I was. At, I was wondering if you need a lot of filtering in your job when you when you pass the message to a client or. I'm, I'm sorry. Did you say filtering? Yes. No, yeah. I, I, no, 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 no. I said the opposite to that. No, I said the absolute opposite to that. Um, do not edit, do not filter. I said the absolute opposite of that. 
don't filter, don't it. Now, um, I'm also a professional graphologist, handwriting analyst. So the first time I see a client, I do their handwriting. And the handwriting, that's just the first time I meet, her, tells me of the strength of the person. So I always absolutely tell the truth. But how do you phrase that? How do you phrase it in a way that um, the client is able to understand and accept? Um, that is very important. That's not filtering. That is giving the information absolutely as accurate as I can, but in a way that they can understand and use it. So filtering, no, it's the opposite. Don't edit, don't, I've got a story. So many stories. Last, this last week, I bumped into a friend of a friend. I was talking to a friend and the friend, a friend, the friend of a friend knew what I do. And she was expecting a baby shortly. And she said, well, got any sort of impressions? Uh, people don't usually ask me that sort of thing. But I said, well, um, yeah. Now, the friend of a friend comes to the Middle East, dark hair, dark eyes, very dark hair, dark hair. But I said, well, you know, baby's got reddish gold hair. Now, if you were dealing in logic, talking to somebody with dark hair, you wouldn't choose that. And she's, that's the color of my mother's hair. See, that's pretty much my point. Don't edit. Don't look at her things. I think, well, I think you're red hair, but I can't say that. because <laughs> Does that make it clear? Yes, thank you very much. Good, 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 good. Don't edit, but be careful because you're dealing with people's lives. You're dealing with people's emotions. You're dealing with people's lives. Um, I, I, in many, many ways, very grateful to my mother for many, many reasons. She was a social worker. And I used to go visit with her um, as a teenager. And I suppose I learned a lot about people from her. All sorts of people. And it was very valuable in being able to deal with everybody. Because I deal with everybody. I mean, you name the sort of person everybody it's a question of how do you give the information so it's really really important because you're dealing with people's lives here is that helpful i hope so yes thank you very much my great pleasure thanks for sharing that paula uh, i'm aware that we're you know we're running at the hour, hour and a half level um so oh, I, can just, talk for the next six, I can talk for the next six hours <laughs> <laughs> just to start you know closing it down slowly here um do you have any advice or tips you know because you've been doing this for what well, i mean you've been doing 35 years as you said for predictions for the new york post you've got a wealth of experience do you have any advice or tips for any of the aspiring psychics or remote viewers um yes i've got one um okay we're talking about people who are doing readings for people Okay. okay. Now, um, to start with, you need to, if you feel that's in your to practice. Now, this is difficult because if you're practicing with friends, um, first of all, you know a bit about them and they're going to take it personally. And if you say they're going to break up with their boyfriend, they're going to be cross with you or whatever. Okay. So, but you need to practice as best you can. Now, here in New York, um, I used to do, I still do a few um, events, parties, dress up in a silly outfit and off I go. Now, by law here in New York, that is called entertainment. Well, by that, I mean, you don't have to be real or not, I happen to be real. So parties, events is a great way to hone your skills. 
because you're dealing in volume, you're dealing with a lot of people very quickly, um, because to go out and put your shingle out before you have had a certain amount of practice, I think is, I can think of somebody who's doing that, absolutely appalling, absolutely appalling. Now, do I know a quick way of how, I don't know where you all live, um, you can get that training um, expertise, um, I don't know that that's sort of up to you, but you have to have a certain, I want to tell you another thing that might be interesting. When you're first doing this training, you may feel that you're just telling stories. It just feels as if you're sort of telling stories. <laughs> but if you're gifted, you will realize afterwards that what initially felt like just storytelling to you is actually true. Okay. Yeah. And again, don't edit. Whatever you think you've got, give it out. Excellent. Great advice there. Um, we'll take the last few questions off of people yes. and start rounding this off. And we, we have John with his hand up, if you want to go for that, John. Thanks. Yeah. Um, asking for a friend, because I don't do psychic readings, but I have a friend that does. And she's been doing it for 25 years. And she says that she almost always gets, you know, symbolic data. She'll get a car, you know, a, a playing card or, or something, or a rose or something. And other psychics have said that. Uh, what do you think about that method? And do you have that similar thing or do you just oh, get direct, get, you get direct experience? I get direct information, but I think it was very clear. Um, we've all got our own way. And if somebody, for example, gets um, a playing card, which is meaningful to her, that's how she's working. Because I work in a different way, doesn't mean to say we're, we're all different. But if she is get, doing accurate readings, it doesn't matter how she, I, I've got a little story. I'm so full of stories. When people say to me, oh, I don't want you to read tarot cards. I said, well, you know, if I used chicken entrails on the floor, which I don't because it'd be disgusting, it doesn't matter. There's only one thing that matters. Is the information correct? Doesn't matter. I don't do chicken entrails on the floor. It, it, it doesn't matter. You know, what works for your friend, if she's coming up with that as accurate, terrific. No question. Don't, don't, I, I think I would like to say without telling people what to do, which means I'm going to, um, don't question it. That's, that's, that's the way she's been given the information and that's just fine. I was, yeah, I was just curious because there are different methods. And as we say in remote viewing, I don't care if you stand on your head and whistle Dixie, whatever method you use that works. Yeah. Same thing, exactly okay. the same thing. Absolutely. Okay. Thank you, thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for that, John. Does anyone else have any last questions before we round up here tonight? No one with their hand up or anything you want to ask? Excellent. So I think we've reached a, a good point there to end this, Paula. And I just want to, on behalf of everyone here this evening, I just want to thank you for, you know, being candid with us and sharing all your oh, experiences. My, my, my pleasure, my pleasure. I mean, I, I just feel at this stage with my swim in the archive, if Can I... I have a question? Huh? Oh, sorry, uh, something yeah whoever that is yeah go ahead uh yes uh can can, can you talk more about uh, the difference between solicitation and a dream you mentioned the you, oh, no, 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 not, not solicitation um um a visit visitation not solicitation visit, oh, visitation. Okay. visitation solicitation not oh, solicitation. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no 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 <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a complete different business. 
absolutely. Let's go back. Um, a visitation. That when one has a visitation from somebody who is um, you think you recognize, that is a visitation. It, it, you can recall it. It's nothing. Yeah. It's not at all like a dream. You can always record that is that person or the essence of the person coming to say hello. <laughs> so, so you don't need any translation or you don't have to decipher what what happened no translation no um it's a feeling you know who the person is and usually they're not talking you know necessarily but you know who it is you just know yeah, yeah. and i think if any of us had those you know what i'm talking about because it cannot be really? confused with a dream okay all right. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Again, thank you. Thanks for that, Paula. So we'll round it off there, everyone. Uh, yeah. And on behalf of everyone here, just want to thank you for taking the time and and, and for sharing all your files and with the University of West Georgia and sharing these uh, these candid stories with us. It's been fantastic. Well, I'm very, very pleased in this way to be able to help because I said I don't teach. Sometimes people call me up and want to tell me about the dreams or whatever, and I don't teach. But if in this small way I can help people understand what I'm doing as best I can, and nothing to do with anybody else, then I'm extremely pleased for the opportunity. Excellent. And if anyone here this evening wants, you know, Paula's contact details, just, you know, DM me or send them to me. When we up this video to YouTube, like we usually do, we'll add all Paula's contact details to the description there anyway. Oh, well, one, one thing. If you look at my website, um, it looks like Toy Town. It'll be professionally done in about two weeks' time. So if you if you sort of look at it, I think, oh, good God. I know it looks like Toy Town, but it's got information on it. <laughs> Bear with so me, sir. Just answering in text there. Anyway, thank you for that, Paula. It's been a great evening, uh, and I look forward to our our next chat. We'll we'll arrange something for for soon, you know, in a couple of months or something. That'd be fantastic. I would be delighted. Thank you very very much indeed. Bye everyone. Yeah. Bye everyone. Have a great weekend. Uh, speak to you all soon. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Signal Line, a remote viewing podcast. Don't forget to check out remoteviewed.com for remote viewing resources or our videos on YouTube under Remote Viewed.